Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participant's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Oh, stomping Jen. Mm-hmm. Here we are again doing this podcast. And so excited. Tell me, are you so excited? I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so excited. I love it when you're excited. <laughs> Your excitement is infectious. Mm-hmm. And now yes. we are all going to be exposed to why I'm excited. To your excitement, because <laughs> joining us on the show is Britt Rue, who is the director of Commonwealth Murals. And this is a group that um, creates murals to try to engage um, and uplift communities. And they are producing the 2021 Fresh Paint Springfield event, which is occurring from June 5th to June 13th. Very excited. And they're going to be making all sorts of murals um, in downtown Springfield, Massachusetts. Very excited. That's what we're going to hear about. I'm excited. And did as, I mention I'm excited? You did mention it. And as always, <laughs> I have many questions. Great. And we will dive deep into this. Awesome. Okay? Yes. Are we ready? I am so ready. All right, let's go. <laughs> Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. No more oh, creepy th- trucks. I, you I must sing. sing every time. Every time. The chimes make me happy, and so do murals, and so does talking to our guests. How was that? <laughs> It was awesome. Yes. And speaking of talking to our guests, let's say hi to Britt Rue. Hello, Britt. Hello. I am also excited, always excited to talk about murals. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Yeah. And um, I gave a very stodgy kind of introduction <laughs> of who you are. And we always like our give our um, we always like to give our guests an opportunity just to tell us a little bit more um, about who they are, because I'm sure I did not capture everything you might want to say about yourself. So please just tell us a little bit more um, about yourself. Okay. I said, I love talking about murals. Talking about myself (laughs) is a totally different thing, Um, but I will say a little bit and then we'll talk about the thing that's really exciting, which is murals. So my name is Britt. I grew up in Western Mass. I spent, uh, you know, all of my growing up years hanging out here, not exposed to street art at all. And it wasn't until I was in my mid 40s and I took a solo trip to Barcelona and uh, fell in. Barcelona is one of these cities that is a street art mecca. Mm. And I, my first day there, I took like a guided tour, walking tour of street art in Barcelona and felt like I became obsessed. 
And so the entire five days I was there, I just wandered around looking at street art. And, um, and then when I got back, I was like, wow, you know, no street art here. But I mean, there actually is. It's one of the things I love about street art is there is street art around, but if you're not looking for it, you don't really see it. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for it, you see it everywhere. And there's all these culture and community associated with it that's kind of invisible in plain sight. Um, so I started kind of looking at that. And then uh, one day, uh, one Sunday morning, I was scrolling through Facebook. It was a Sunday morning that I didn't have anything to do, which has not happened since then. Uh, <laughs> But I saw this ad for a mural festival in Worcester. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. Powwow yeah. Worcester. Yeah. So I rolled out of bed and got in my car and drove there. And I got there like at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. There was no muralist working because they all, I know now, they all work really hard, really late and don't start, typically don't start really early. But I found one mural going. Uh, that early in the morning, it was this two artists from uh, Spain that go by the name Pichiavo. And I sat and watched, just sat on like the hood of my car and watched them paint pretty much all day. They were like one creative soul in two bodies. They just, they'd paint like together and separate and on top of each other. And then they'd step back and look at it. And then they would just keep painting and and just watching this mural unfold before my eyes and watching the way that the neighborhood was interacting with them, I, you know, became like doubly obsessed. And I actually went three days in a row and just hung out and watched them paint. Wow. And I thought, you know, I, so I used to say back in the day, like, you know, because I've always been a huge fan of the arts. I really do think that the arts are one of the most powerful tools we have to make the world a better place. And, but I'm not an artist myself. So I used to say like, when I win the lottery, I'm going to become a patron of the arts, which of course is a horrible plan. One, because I don't play the lottery. (laughs) And even if I did, you know, you don't win. Right. So I'm sitting there watching these guys paint. And then I, it occurred to me, like, I, have my MBA. I've spent my entire professional career leading organizations and running nonprofits, and I can do marketing and budgeting and organizing and all the things. I could, I don't have to win the lottery. I could just learn how to do this. And so I started talking to festival organizers and um, then kind of put together a pitch pretended like I really knew what I was doing. This is the part, don't tell anyone. I didn't really know what I was doing <laughs> when I started, but I made it look really professional. And um, I first went to Holyoke and they were not interested. And then I went to Springfield um, actually. And Kim Carlino, who I know mm-hmm. that you have had on your show, yeah, she had done a fabulous mural in Springfield and really like sparked their interest in professionally done murals. And so she introduced me to a couple people And they were all just like, yes, now is the time for Springfield. So, um, you know, it was my first time and I secretly didn't really know what I was doing. So my my thought was I'm going to do a mural festival with five, five Mm -hmm. murals, which Mm -hmm. seemed like a lot to me. And the head of planning and economic development for the city of Springfield said to me, he's like, yes, we're in. We will support this. I have one condition. You can't go too small. You need to do 10. Wow. So, so I was like, okay, we'll do 10. <laughs> so, so there we have it. That's, that's uh, how 
Fresh Bane started. And did you notice how I really didn't talk about myself? I just talked about murals because, you know, that's kind of what I do. Yeah, I mean, you did tell us a lot about yourself. Um, I think when you were in Spain watching uh, those two muralists, um, had you been interested in murals before then? Or did you just stumble across them in kind of mid-process? Well, the the muralists from Spain were in Worcester. And at that point, I was already kind of like obsessed. But really, I fell in love with it when I went to Spain, which was maybe a year prior to that. Okay, thank you. I had just gone on like a solo vacation. My friend was working there. And she's like, I have an extra room in my Airbnb. So I'm like, okay, I'm there. So it was the spontaneous trip, which is, this is, um, this is my public service announcement for taking spontaneous trips and traveling by yourself, because honestly, I would not have gotten so immersed in learning this new thing, which has taken over my life, if I had been traveling with someone else, because I was able to just go and wander and do exactly what I wanted, which was to wander around for five days straight in the back alleys of Barcelona. And, um, you know, I think about that sometimes. God, if I hadn't taken that trip, if I hadn't been spontaneous, if I hadn't been by myself and able to just immerse myself, I wouldn't have discovered like what feels like my calling. Yeah. I think there's something, I was trying to think about mural art and why why it has such an impact on people, um, Stomping Gen. I was thinking about our trip to Miami. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's that place called? Windwood Walls. Windwood. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah, been? I haven't, but I. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, it's talk just, about a spontaneous trip and go alone. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just blocks and blocks of these murals, right? Mm-hmm. And um, then we were, you know, Britt was telling us about the murals in Spain, and, and and I'd been thinking earlier when I was preparing for our conversation about murals, and I think they're they really are an ancient form of human expression. Like I'm thinking. They just discovered some, what can only be described as a mural, I think in Australia, that is like, they think like 50,000 to 100,000 years old, like this gigantic, like scene painted on the side of a cliff wall, right? By ancient human beings, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, it, it, it's primitive in its, um, in its expression, in its execution, but it's this gigantic mural sized like uh, artistic representation that can only, it's something that can only be thought of as a mural in my mm-hmm. mind and yeah. i was thinking this need to express ourselves at that scale mm-hmm. right is like there's something about it that's ancient in us and it goes back as far as our earliest ancestors i don't know why i thought that was interesting <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting and here I am pontificating. Yeah. No, it's it is amazing. And you know, I I mean, I was out in Tucson this winter. My I have family out there, and I started hiking trying to find these uh petroglyphs they have. Mm-hmm. This is how obsessed I am. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go hike and find like the oldest murals in Tucson, which are the petroglyphs. I mean, but they're not at that huge scale that you're talking about. And um I'm I'm gonna look that up because it's really hard to paint at that huge scale. And most of these old like cave paintings that Mm -hmm. you see are not that. So whoever did that was, um, was a groundbreaker. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And so when, when you, um, when you decided to 
put on the first Fresh Paint Springfield event. What year was that? Was that uh, how how long ago was that? Uh, it was in 2019. Okay, and was that under? And did you start your? Um, um, did you start Commonwealth Murals to do that? Is that the entity that puts on the the event? Yes. So I formed Commonwealth Murals as a nonprofit um, because I knew I would need to do that to, you know, organize the festival. Um, but then, beyond, in addition to the festival, I manage individual mural installations, and I've been developing um, training in collaboration with a fantastic muralist out of Minneapolis named Greta McLean. Uh, we've been developing some training programs in community muralism, which mm-hmm. there's specific techniques for that, which are not well known, but are totally my jam. I mean, that is like what I'm, I, I love community murals. So Commonwealth Murals does all of that. We do fresh paint, we do individual mural installations, and then trainings for people in how to do community murals. Yeah, and on, on your on your webpage and on the fresh paint uh, Springfield website. Um, there's a lot of discussion about how murals and the process of creating them can meaningfully engage and uplift communities. Can you just tell us a little bit about how this form of art and its creation engages the community and is is ultimately an up- uplifting thing? Sure. So there's different, I mean, murals in general um, can do that. They can be place makers or place keepers. They're these, like you said, they're these huge pieces of art. They're very accessible because they're paintings as opposed to sculpture or some other things, which you kind of, people have to maybe look at a little more, uh, to get something out of it. Um, but murals are just, they're big. Um, they're generally easy to relate to and understand. So they can be very powerful. One mural really changes the feel of a building or of a street. And if you get multiple murals going up, it really changes the feel of the neighborhood. Um, But most murals are done by muralists who come in, they put something up and then they leave. Or maybe they're from that community, but they're still just, they're doing their thing and that's it. And those types of murals can be very powerful but there is another way of doing murals that where you're engaging the community in the process and that can take on a different, um, it turns it into something more than just a mural. So the technique that we use um, to do community engaged murals is we will meet with a group from the community to talk about the design. And we, we have a professional muralist and then you have the community. So it's a collaboration between them. And when we run, we run workshops where we engage people in conversation and activities to help them tell their stories, talk about the past, their own past, the past of their community, um, what it's like for them right now, and what their hopes are for the future. Then the muralist takes all of that and creates the visual. So when we engage the community around a mural design, we're not engaging them in designing the visual. For that, we rely on the muralists who, because that's all they do, and that's all they think about is these how to do create giant visuals. Mm-hmm. So engage the community around design kind of themes and or imagery that uh, is meaningful to them, but then the muralist kind of creates the actual design. Then a typical mural is just painted directly on the wall. 
And we use an indirect process that was developed originally by the Philadelphia Mural Arts Program. And it's an indirect technique. So instead of painting right on the wall, we use a special mural fabric. That's the fabric that parachutes are made out of. So it's really thin, but very strong. And we prime that. We project an outline of the design onto these sheets of fabric and create giant paint by numbers. No kidding. And then we take those sheets out into the community and hold paint parties. Huh. So we just finished one in Springfield. It was actually the extension of a mural we did during Fresh Paint. And it was about 3,000 square feet. It's on the side of a parking garage. And we had over 125 people come out and help us paint. And the beautiful thing about this process is that anyone and everyone can come can help. You can be a little kid. You Dirty Fresh Paint, we had a paint party with a group of adults with traumatic brain injuries. They can do it. Kids can do it. Elderly people can do it. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter if you have any artistic talent. Uh, like when I did it the first time, I have no artistic talent. And I messed, it's a paint by numbers. So basically you're sitting there doing paint by numbers and I messed up. I, I interchanged 13 and 31 and painted a whole bunch of things the wrong color. <laughs> and uh, But it doesn't matter. Like anybody can do it. Um, and if you want to just really do it in passing and not put a lot of effort, there's space for you. If you're like, oh, this is my jam. I want to come every day and just paint as much as I can. There's more like technical pieces. But so the community comes and helps paint. And then the muralist takes those painted sheets and does kind of overpainting and touch up and the detail work. And then those sheets are glued up on the wall like permanent wallpaper. So once the mural is on the wall, it looks like it was painted there. If it's put up on a brick wall, you can see the pattern of the brick behind it. Like you really can't tell that it wasn't painted there, but you can be doing, you know, you can have a mural with where 600 people helped paint and the mural goes up, you know, four stories off the ground, but you can look up and say, that's the part I painted. Mm. So it creates this opportunity for people to really come out and feel like these things aren't happening to them or to their neighborhood. They are very meaningfully directing the, the vision, the message of the mural and helping create it. And so it creates just buy-in, creates it inspires people to do more, to connect with each other, to do get more engaged in their community. And you know, they just, I don't know, nobody likes to have things done to them. Mm. So yeah. why should we be creating giant works of public art that are just kind of in, you know, done to a, a neighborhood? Mm. I want to do this so bad. <laughs> well, well, you can. You well, can. <laughs> Every day during Fresh Paint, you can come and help us paint. I want to do. So <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you? What do you? What do you do? What do you do? And if you live in a community that doesn't have a cityscape or doesn't have buildings, like, is there a way? Like, I've been racking my brain for years over this. I live. We live in uh, Belchertown. Uh huh. I mean, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Yeah, there's not a ton of buildings. There's not buildings. a ton of bu big buildings, but you know, like when you when we when 
when I think about, you know, bringing murals to town, like, you know, I've, we've talked about, I used to be on the cultural council, which is why I'm mm-hmm. saying we. Could you put up like a temporary wood structure that's, or something? That's like where we always went to is like, how can we get up some sort of temporary installation where we could do murals? Because we don't have buildings really to speak of in our town. One, you know, in Worcester, one of the things they've done is they do a lot of their murals on the schools. Mm-hmm. They have schools with like twenty murals on them, mm-hmm. like every every facet of every wall of a school yeah. outside is covered. So you do have schools in Belgium. We do, and I mean temporary structures work. It's murals are a lot of work, yeah. and to do them with this community engagement with professional you know, muralists, they're not cheap. Right. So, you know, it's kind of better. And once they're up, especially when they're done in this technique, they last 30, 40 years. They can last a long time. Yeah. I mean, you can do temporary murals or, you know, that don't, that aren't intended to last that long, mm. but. Um, now I want to lure you out to Belchertown and come walk around with me. <laughs> okay. I'm that- always looking at walls. I swear I am going to get in a car accident because I'm always looking at walls when I'm driving around. Mm. And if I get in a fender bender ever, that's going to be why. Because I was like, whoa, look at that wall. That wall would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever driven by a wall and, like, had that thought and then done something to actually make sure that it got a mural on it? Well, all the murals that went up during fresh paint and the 10 more that are coming up during fresh paint this time. I mean, some of them, sometimes, the you know, the building owner, the community will come to me. Um, but often I'm just scouting walls and then I approach the building owner and say, Hey, how about a giant mural on your building? Yeah. Britt, Brit, I need to ask stomping Jen this. Was uh, it Fresh Paint 2019 yeah. where we went yeah. down to Springfield and rode around in that bus? Yeah, yeah the trolley bus and the oh, whole yeah. event. The yeah. Oh tour. my God. Oh yeah, my dad was up and we we spent the whole day in Springfield at the event. It was amazing. That was such a great afternoon. It was a beautiful afternoon. And like all the little, like the artists working. Oh, you tell us about it. Yeah. <laughs> Me, oh, no, me I, want Brit, yeah. I want you to tell me right. about I mean, so, uh, let me tell you my impression yes. as, as somebody who was skeptical yes. of the whole thing. Yeah, he was like, you want to go down where? You want to go do what? And I was like, no, 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 we're going. Right. And so, you know, I, I begrudgingly um, lathered myself up in sunblock, got my, <laughs> got my um, <laughs> SPF 50 hat on and went down there and... The first thing I was absolutely stunned by um, in, in, a, in a welcoming way was the, the festive atmosphere in like the, the central area. There's like lots of people like mm-hmm. milling around and everybody seemed very happy and they were talking and there was all sorts of like little like micro painting projects going on all around this like common space. It was a um, park. A park, thank yes. you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I never know where I am half the time. Yeah, um, yeah I think you were at the beer garden. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we did some of those things. Um, those were really fun. And then... What, they had like painting. You could paint. I think probably yeah. what you were talking about. Oh, no, you could paint your own paintings. They had like a yeah. um, a spray paint like... Um, yeah. Uh, station. Yeah, we did some of those, and then we then we climbed into these double decker buses. Yeah, yeah, the trolley buses. And yeah. we uh, we rode around all around all around the city, looking at these yeah. murals. They were amazing. Yeah, there was food. 
Yeah. It was music. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was yeah. such a great day. It was a gr- it was a, like such a great fun afternoon. We got to see some of the murals being painted. Yeah. Um I want to I want to ask Brett a question. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so interesting because I first became aware, I didn't go to Barcelona. <laughs> But I first became aware of like street art and like this concept of murals um, down in Asbury Park, which is close to where I grew up. And they did um, on, uh, forget what they call their project, but it's wooden walls like on the boardwalk, basically. And when I started, when I became obsessed with me, with all of this kind of concept street art and all of this, I started looking around and these events, these like putting up murals on what like powwow Worcester and like they have powwow is like a whole organization that you know does this putting up mm-hmm. of murals on walls like all around the country like what start what do you think started all of this here in america like in the states do you have any idea have you <laughs> do you know i have no idea yeah well i think europe started it yeah Europe has always been way ahead. So it's interesting because graffiti, which is another mm-hmm. love of mine, um, I'm a huge fan of graffiti. And, you know, graffiti was created. It's one, it's like jazz. It's one of these um, rare American born art forms. It was created by kids, by urban kids in the 70s and 80s and is now practiced all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, So graffiti, you know, it started in New York, but Europeans picked up on it really quickly. And they started hosting graffiti jams and mural festivals, you know, in the 80s and 90s and have been doing it since. And I think the U.S. has kind of slowly caught on and has been doing it more and more. That said, so there's here's a little interesting bit of Springfield history Mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. that um, that relates to Fresh Paint Springfield that we're about to do. So there was in the late sixties in Chicago, there was a, uh, an organization form called Afro Cobra. Mm-hmm. It was the um, coalition of bad radical artists, African bad radical artists or something like some cool thing, which I should know. Um, but they, so Afro Cobra was founded. It was uh, an arts organization for black artists to really promote um equal rights and justice for black people and black power. So one of the founding members of Afrocobra was a man named Nelson Stevens and he moved from Chicago to Springfield and he was a professor at UMass. And in the late sixties, he organized artists and students and they put up 37 murals in Springfield in the course of like five years. All uh, his goal, he was quoted as saying that his goal was to create an outdoor out art galleries celebrating the black experience. And I mean, what he did was amazing, way, very progressive, way ahead of his time. Right now, there's only one of those 37 murals that still exists outside in Springfield. And apparently there's maybe two that are inside some community centers in Springfield. Um, But the the one that still exists outside was done by a woman named Josephine Edmonds. And it's on the side of Mosque 13, which was a nation of the 13th Nation of Islam Mosque that was formed in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she painted this mural, and it's in extreme disrepair. It's just you know all peeling off the wall. So we're working. We're going to repaint that mural. So oh, wow. the, there's a local artist from amazing artist named Kay Douglas from 
uh, Wilbraham, and she's going to be kind of overseeing that. So we're going to be doing that with this um, indirect method that I was telling you about. So we're going to be repainting it, or outlining it on Polytab, bringing these sheets into paint parties so the community can help repaint this mural. And there are people, you know, that are living in the neighborhood now that remember helping to paint it as a kid. Um, So we'll be putting that up. So, I mean, Europe has been way ahead of us, but there have been very forward-thinking pioneers in the U.S., like Nelson Stevens, who have done this here. Um, But I think it took a while for it to really gain traction here, and it gained traction when people started realizing that murals um, make money mm-hmm. for a neighbor. Mm-hmm. Murals improve uh, property values. They increase pedestrian traffic. Like Wynwood, you mentioned Wynwood oh before. Oh my God, yeah. Wynwood started because it was a very rundown place that nobody wanted to live. So the mm-hmm. artists were moving there and putting their studios up there, mm-hmm. in there. And they, a group of muralists and graffiti artists started painting on the walls in Wynwood. And it just took off. And now Wynwood Walls is managed by... Um, a woman who got her start in real estate and real estate development. And Wynwood is now like this super hip, expensive place to live. I mean, the mm-hmm. artists that started it there can't really afford to live there anymore. Yeah. So this is a whole other kind of subtopic when you're talking about street art and murals yeah. is gentrification. And yeah. another reason why I love doing community murals. Um, but so, so I think the mural festivals really started taking off when people realized like, oh, this is a way, a really powerful way to breathe new life into a neighborhood or a community. Mm. Yeah. I was just thinking like one of the things when we went to Wynwood Walls in Miami to look at the murals, I don't know if it was- It was another hot Floridian day. Yeah. And I don't know (laughs) if it was the particular way we came into the area or not, but we passed through like a couple of blocks of like extreme poverty. Yeah. Right. Like lots of homeless people and um, lots of unmanaged blight. Right. And I was struck by the juxtaposition of that and all of the like evidently incredibly wealthy people just a few blocks over coming to visit the murals. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like it, in like, some of the murals existed in this like in between world, like, you know, between like the gentrified, the super gentrified areas and the super poor areas. They were like this, Mm -hmm. this boundary and mixing of the, of the two worlds. It was real. It it stood out to me. Well, I mean, the interesting part about that is that people go and what you don't realize you go to the specific location, which is Wynwood walls, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But like, I think there's like a 50 mile rate or I don't know how many miles, but like there's a radius that goes around that actual mm-hmm. visitation site where you can wander around and everywhere you go, every corner you turn, you're just hit with art, like in your eyes, like yeah. in your eyeballs, mm-hmm. art everywhere. I love that. <laughs> oh I love God. it. And you know, so the Winwood, the official Winwood Walls right. place is the one that's managed by right. this super slick real estate company, but people love going to paint near Wynwood because it is one of those places. There's places like, well, New York, obviously, Barcelona, Melbourne, Berlin, Wynwood. Like these are areas that muralists know are these 
street art meccas. So people will go and if you can get into like the official sanctioned commissioned section, great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But people come and paint around it. And some of those are also commissioned and sanctioned and some of them aren't. Some of them are just people going and painting because it's a place, you know, it's it's like muralist or street artists will travel to Berlin or Barcelona because they know like, okay, this is a place that you want to get your work up there because that's where the community goes to put their work up. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right. I want to talk more about Springfield though. And what yeah. Fred's doing. No. Yeah. So I love that you were there. I think you were at the block. It sounds like you were at the block party. So we had yes. that spray paint station partly to, I was one of my goals in setting that up was to help people realize how hard it is <laughs> to do spray paint. It's really, really hard. So a lot of people look at graffiti like it's blight. And it's actually, in my opinion, it's amazing art. And it's very technical. It's really challenging. It's really hard to do. And graffiti artists are, to me, I mean, they're so dedicated to their craft. It's hard to think of another group of artists who are as dedicated as they are in that they will never get widespread approbation or recognition for their work. What they do is illegal. They have to go out in the middle of the night. They have to take risks. They're jumping fences and crawling under bushes and running from cops to do their work. And they spend you know, hours and hours and days and days working on it. And it's a whole lifestyle and passion for them. And they do it just for the art. Yeah. Which I love. And what they do is so hard, um, which, so that's why, that's one of the reasons why we had, I had that little um, mm-hmm. spray paint station up. And then also in the park, we had uh, local artists that were painting small murals on the poly tab that I was talking about earlier. And then those got put up in different locations around Springfield and the double decker bus is super fun. So I, there was a couple tours where somebody else was giving the tour, but maybe I was the one. I don't know. Maybe we met that day, but there was just so many people. It's possible. Um, it is possible. Yeah. We're going to be doing that again. Those <laughs> yep. tours are really fun. That I love that bus. It's like one of those old fashioned double decker bus. You can sit out on top and you're outside. And so during this fresh paint, we're going to be doing those tours every day. So oh, we'll fun. have a paint party and a bus tour every day. So people can come paint and then you can drive around. You get to see all the murals we've done before and you get to see the murals as they're going up. Yeah. I had always wanted to ride in a double decker bus. That was the first time I ever had. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well in June, you could ride on it 10 more times (laughs) if you came every day. I wish we weren't going away. I know. I just realized we're going to be going away. I know. (laughs) No, we'll be, we'll be able to get there the weekend it starts. Oh, we will. Okay. Cause 'cause you guys are leaving on this. Oh yeah. We can go visit the weekend. Never mind. Ignore us in her. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, I'm glad I got to experience it um, because I, I kind of feel like. Because uh, I'm always dragging him to go I know. see street art everywhere we go. I know. And I always love it when I get there and I he see just, it. <laughs> he dreads just going out in the world. <laughs> did you, um, did you, how was Fresh Paint Springfield received by the community? I mean, I know what I saw, and it seemed to be 
people were very happy with what was happening there in downtown Springfield. But what do you, what are your what are your impressions? Springfield was Springfield is an amazing place. I mean, for people who don't live in Springfield or aren't familiar with it, I think it gets a bad rap, especially in like the upper valley. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's an amazing place and people in Springfield are about getting shit done. Like they would so much rather do things than talk about it. And which I really appreciate. And they, you know, there was a lot of desire. There is a lot of desire in the community to, to make it a better place for them to live in. Um, and then Springfield also had had, you know, the casino came in mm-hmm. and in 2011, they had had that random tornado. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. remember that. That was downtown yeah. when that happened. Downtown Spring. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. So they had that and they, so they had to, they got a bunch of money to redevelop all the buildings that were destroyed in the tornado. And then when the casino came in, that was a long process that really got the city to do some soul searching and think differently about what kind of place it was and what they wanted their future to be. So when I came with this proposal to do fresh paint, it was good timing. I mean, people told me if you had come a couple of years ago, pe- you know, the city probably wouldn't have been interested. But now they've committed to to changing the downtown and try to be a destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the casino came in, but. People and even now you go, you can walk right by the casino and not even know it's there. Yeah, there's thousands of people in there every day and they don't leave. Yeah, so the city had been hoping that beyond the tax revenue, it would be a boon to the businesses and the restaurants and other entertainment uh, businesses in Springfield, and that hasn't really played out as much as they had hoped. So the city kind of the city officials were interested in fresh paint as a a way to kind of get people to come to Springfield and enjoy the neighborhoods. But then there were the people that live in Springfield all the time that were just very excited to have something new and some, you know, some investment in beautifying their neighborhoods and the streets and the buildings they walk by every day. When you put a mural on a building, it goes from a, just a nondescript building to a landmark. It goes something that you are seeing and noticing and interacting all the time. And people um, were really happy about that. But I think they were also the, the, the opportunity to get involved and help in the creation was really empowering for people. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, many people commented on how you could go to this paint party and there's all kinds of people there from all walks of life, from all races, from all economic um, classes, and everybody's doing the same thing. And you just, you're around a table. I mean, it's pre-COVID. So everybody's like elbow to elbow and you're painting and you're having to interact with each other and work together and you just kind of naturally chat with people and laugh and it's fun and it mm-hmm. feels great. And so there was this, I think that was really, people were hungry for that kind of ability, um, opportunity to interact with their neighbors or other people that live in the city that you don't normally get to interact with at all. Yeah. So for this fresh paint, like I said, all of the murals will be done this way. Um, so hopefully we'll have more of that. We'll be socially distanced, but, um, you know, COVID safe. Yeah. But I think still, there will be a lot of that same kind of that natural mingling that people really enjoy. 
That what a great way to like exit the pandemic. Like as we start to turn the real actual corner, right? Of, you know, yeah. around this for people to come to, back together in real life in the summer. Like how wonderful! Yeah. So great. I'm so excited. Were um were business owners and property owners initially resistant? I, mean, I heard you say that um, some of the the politicians and administrators were potentially interested and saw the benefits. But what about the people who own the buildings and, you know, business owners, were they resistant at all? Or did they also see the opportunity um, that this, this presented? You know, they ran the gamut. I mean, there was some that first conversation, they're like, yes. And those were often people who are like, oh yeah, I've been to Wynwood or I've been to Dallas or LA. I totally get this. And they were, you know, signed on really quickly. Uh, So with the first Fresh Paint, I kind of ran that festival the way most festivals are run, which is you get these amazing muralists to come in and you're, it's for the community. So you're not paying them, you know, close to what they would get with a commission piece, but they come and in, for, in exchange for kind of getting paid less, in addition to knowing they're just doing something for the community, you give them like free, total artistic control. Mm-hmm. So this is an opportunity for them to just create whatever they want. Um, but what that means for the building owner is the building owner has to say yes to a mural that they don't know what it's going to be. Right. And they can't control what's in it. And that's a huge ask for a building owner because they're permanent. So my spiel to the building owners were always like, you know, it, we have very broad criteria. Basically, the muralists have to create a mural that's family friendly and it isn't, a, you know, an overtly political statement. And, you know, the build, they do the design, the building owner gets to approve it. If they hate it, you know, we don't do it. But if they put it up and then they hate it, we ask them to keep it up for a year, but then they can paint over it. So that mm-hmm. was like their fail safe. Mm-hmm. Um, Luckily, you know, nobody's wanted to paint over any of the murals that went up. But so there were some building owners that, you know, were on board immediately. Others took some convincing. And then there was some many who were just like, no way. A lot of them were like, I don't like graffiti. I was like, okay, well, this is graffiti. (laughs) Um, But still, they didn't want it. And I just think about this one building owner who the tenants in his building, the business that was in his building, were one of the sponsors of Fresh Paint. They really wanted a mural in the building. And I could not get this guy to say yes. And I walk by his building and he's got like old shitty plywood on the windows and like paint peeling off. And it's just a horrible looking building. And I just think I can't, I still can't believe Mm-mm. that he said no. Yeah. That he would rather have the building because he was worried that because there's a lot of vacancy in the buildings in Springfield. Yeah. So um, they're always looking for new tenants. And so some of these building owners felt like, you know, that would discourage the tenants from wanting to rent or lease in their buildings. And I keep thinking, really, you think that the boarded up plywood and the peeling paint is going to be more attractive to a future tenant than like a professionally done massive piece of art? Do a lot of the building owners live in the city or do they, are they um, property, property owners who don't reside in the community? Uh, well, for Fresh Paint in 2019, we just focused on the downtown area. Yeah. So most of those buildings are, a lot of them have been owned by families for generations, but the current generation often doesn't live in Springfield. They live in a, like a surrounding 
town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year we're doing some in downtown and some in Mason Square, which is about two, a neighborhood about two miles from downtown. And in that neighborhood, you get more um, owner-occupied buildings or you just there's more community connection mm-hmm. with the buildings than down than there yeah. are down. And there are there are real real tangible measurable benefits that come out of having murals on your buildings and in the community. I was looking at a report that I stumbled across on the Fresh Paint Springfield um, website. There's like a whole list of these these uh, there was a study done. Uh, of the mm-hmm. 2019 um, Fresh Paint Springfield event, and you know there there are a lot of demonstrated benefits. Um, I'm just going to read through them real quick because so I think it's important that we we talk and let people know about the real um, measurable um, effects these can have on a community. Um, number one here: stimulated new investment in the local economy and boosted local businesses and benefited building owners. That's pretty broad, but that's what this study found. Mm-hmm. Right? People benefited um, just generally. Um, increased foot traffic during the festival and permanently improved the walkability of downtown. Right? So we were down there walking around. Yep. Right, Stomping Jen? That's true. We were. We rode on a bus too. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, just the other, I'm just thinking back to myself about it permanently improving the walkability. Um, we were somewhere down in Springfield, maybe last summer, um, near the bike path and stomping Jen was off, um, riding her bike. And I was just waiting and I said, you know what? I think there's a mural around here. I need to go find a a Dr. Seuss mural. And I, I went off on my own and started looking around for this thing. And I was exploring and wandering around and I found it. It was like <laughs> it was somewhere down you there. You didn't need a map to find yeah. it. No. Yeah. You remembered where it was. But my point is Congratulations. <laughs> my point is I yes. may I may have just if I didn't know these murals were there, yeah. I might have just stood by the car and waited for you. But I decided <laughs> to strike off on my own and explore. You're so funny. Well, this is the truth. I'm just sharing my experience. That's um, true, and that's what people do. Lots of people do that. Yeah, I didn't go far, but I did venture off. Now, <laughs> um, murals also generate extensive positive media coverage, right? And um, for Fresh Paint 2019, um, the coverage was effective in impro- improving the overall perceptions of the of the of the community and, and mm-hmm. the city. I mean, you know, not having grown up here in Western Massachusetts, I'm a transplant from the, the Eastern part of the state. Um, you know, I always heard bad things about Springfield, even when we moved out here to Western Massachusetts. Um, mm-hmm. When I got clients down in Springfield, you'd be like, Oh, you're going to go down. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the more time I have spent down there, in the community at events like Fresh Paint Springfield, I've come to really love the oh. city. I know. No. You are like an ad for Fresh Paint right now. It's awesome. But it, but it no, but it is true. It is true. It is true. Like it, it was true. a it was a glorious day, like in a glorious experience going down there it and was. riding around in that bus looking at art. <laughs> the bus. Uh, I think we need to have like a 
a prize for how many how many times you mentioned the bus. But the uh, bus is awesome. I love I'm with you, Sawtooth, on yeah. the bus. And I've done mural tours with that bus periodically yep. since then because people love it and they, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I just and I just mentioned this, and I didn't even know this was on the list next because I didn't memorize it. But created valued public art and built community, like the valued public art. It's like those that Dr. Seuss um, mural, right? Mm-hmm. That's something people treasure, mm-hmm. right? Because Seuss is from Springfield, yeah, right. A lot of people don't even know that. I'm not making this up. There's a Dr. Seuss mural, right? Yeah. Okay. No, there isn't. You're totally making this up. Am I really? No, no. there is one. Oh. It's on the underpass. <laughs> All right. Okay. He's like, wait, wait, like, wait a minute. Okay. Jeez. Wait, wait. There is totally a Dr. Seuss mural okay. on the underpass on the 91 underpass on State Street. Phew. By John Simpson. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um. So, anyways, like, so, but that that becomes that becomes you know That's a landmark part, yeah. of the community. Definitely. Um, Meet me at the underpass at the Dr. Seuss mural. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then. Um, Lastly, this this study of Fresh Paint Springfield, uh, the 2019 event, found that um, effectively used public art to engage a diverse group of stakeholders in Springfield's economic development and cultural renaissance. Um, So the event um, helped bring in um, a group of people who um, invested in the economy in the area and are helping... Um, revitalize the downtown. I think, yeah, Britt spoke about that a little yeah. bit. I think through the community murals more so. And right. And, you know, having people of all walks of life together, making art together. Yep. I love it. I have to say, there was no bus, but my father had such a great day that day that when we came up, uh, he was just here for, what was he up here for? For Passover, and he bought his girlfriend. And he had me drive them around to look at all the art. <laughs> I, okay, you are also a, like the perfect ad for fresh. I love that story. And yeah. you know what you're saying is so is very common for people who aren't from Springfield or haven't lived there. It's like they never go. It has this bad reputation. It's like what you're going to Springfield, you know? And I just I need to say. Springfield's bad reputation is rooted in racism and classism. Mm -hmm. So, but it's there. And Fresh Paint Springfield was one of those events. So that $1.5 million worth of um, media coverage of the event that was all positive uh, is really hard to come by for a city like Springfield. And there were many people like you that were like, oh, look at that. I'm going to go down. And then they go down. And they're like, wow, it's actually nice down here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they really enjoy it. They can enjoy the diversity that exists in Springfield. And that, you know, like, let's get out there and do something and not just talk about doing things kind of vibe of Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that positive coverage, which is hard to come by for cities. Um, the investment that was stimulated by Fresh Paint. So there was both direct and indirect. So um, the amount of money that was donated from Springfield for the fr- festival attracted four times as much wow. support from outside of Springfield. And then there was the uh, indirect economic benefit of, so 
when with the money that we raised for Springfield, we or for Fresh Paint, we made an effort to, whenever possible, use a contract or work with businesses that were owned by women or people of color. So in Springfield, there's 12% of the businesses are owned by women or people of color, and 50% of the money that we spent to create the festival was spent with those businesses. Like whenever we could, we would. Um, so it generates that economic benefit. And then there's the benefit that comes from people like you guys who are coming into the city for the day. And maybe you didn't, but people will like go buy a drink someplace or walk around or get something to eat. There are people who, you know, follow mural festivals and follow specific muralists. And when they see they're going to be painting at an event, they will come. They'll like make a weekend trip. They'll come up from New York to see Wayne one paint or, you know, so it brings that, uh, that also generates economic activity. Mm. Um, yeah, so there are, amazing. and then it does um, increase property values there. We didn't study that, or that wasn't studied in the evaluation that was done of fresh paint. Cause that's kind of a multi-year study that you have to do, but there have been studies done and a lot of anecdotal evidence of places like Wynwood that, you know, over time, uh, a collection of murals will increase the property values, not just of the buildings that the murals are on, but all of the buildings around them. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh, this is a hip place. There's something happening here. And people want to have the, you know, if you're looking for a place to open a restaurant, you're going to look at the building with a cool mural on it, as opposed to the one that's nondescript that nobody's going to notice. Mm -hmm. So it starts pulling in other um, businesses and really to have a creative Economy is an ecosystem. So you have to have the visual, you have to have the restaurants, you have to have the entertainment, you know, you kind of have to have a bunch of different pieces together. So, and murals are, can be a part of that. They don't do it all on their own, but they're, they can be a kind of a cornerstone to this ecosystem. I love it. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about that wonderful sunny day in June we went down there how do you sustain how do you sustain interest and engagement in in the in the murals in the in the um the festival process throughout the year like when it's when it's cold here in New England it's February and it's minus 10 degrees outside like you have these amazing generators of community interest out there but are there, do you think about that at all? Like, how do how do we take advantage of this stuff during the winter, during the bad weather months? Um, I do a little, but mostly that's you know the people. I don't live in Springfield myself, so that I think that happens spontaneously because they're once they're up, they're there, they're big, they're bold, and they're permanent, and so people are interacting with them constantly. Um, I mean, I, if I had more time in my day, I think I could do more like in between the actual mural installations that go up. Yeah. But, uh, really, these things kind of take on a life of their own, which is another reason that I love them. So you'll see people use them as backdrops for photo shoots mm-hmm. or events. And people will reach out and say, we have a group coming, like the Western Mass Visitors Bureau will call me up and say, hey, we have a, a group of Irish um uh, like uh, travel agents doing a tour of New England. We want to take them on a tour of the murals in Springfield. Will you give a tour? Oh, so, wow. you know, 
happen like that or the colleges down in Springfield will say, we want to take the freshmen on a tour of the murals to get to know Springfield. We give a tour. So things like that happen all the time. And lots of stuff happens that I don't know about. Um, I really only know about the things where they call me say, will you give a tour? Do you get to use the bus? That's the important question. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Always. Always. I love that bus. Um, I'm getting back on that thing. Um, I, I, I know you mentioned, or did I read this? For Fresh Paint Springfield 2021, um, I think there are going to be more murals this year. Ten more, right? Well, there's we're doing ten, ten. more new murals. We, yep. Fresh Paint was going to happen in 2020, and the goal was to do 20 in 2020. Aww. And then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, one of the silver linings for the pandemic was I had an, an extra year to think about the festival and I figured out how to do this, making every, you know, having every mural done in collaboration with the community. It's like a, a logistical behemoth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed that extra time to figure it out. So we're only doing 10, but they're all going to be done in collaboration with the community. And as far as I know, there has never been another mural festival anywhere in the world that has done this. Oh, wow. That's exciting. That's I so know. exciting. Is, it is very exciting. Hit that button. Thank you. Um, do they usually do, mural festivals usually do fewer? Like they focus on a, a smaller number? Mural festivals, usually the muralists just come in and paint. And there is no right. community engagement. Okay. Right. Yeah. So like in Worcester, I mean, most mural festivals are like this. Because most muralists don't do community engaged work. It's a, it's there's actually a very small percentage of muralists that do community engaged work. So that was one of the things that planning challenges that I had time to sort out during the pandemic was how do you get muralists who don't do community engaged murals to to come in and do what they (laughs) do, but also to engage the community. Mm -hmm. Um, Because anyone who's an artist who will, I mean, the thought of like, if you're doing a painting, to have some random person that you don't know that doesn't know anything about painting come in and help you, you're like, "Uh, no, thank you, I'll pass. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, go do your own somewhere, but don't, don't touch my work of art. And muralists are that attached and dedicated and finicky about their work. That's why these murals are so beautiful. Yeah. So it it takes some planning uh, to figure out a way to engage the community so that you're really getting meaningful community engagement, but you're also getting kind of the artistic caliber that you get from a professional muralist. Yeah, and what I love what Commonwealth Murals does is you have this thing called the Community Mural Institute where you will help um, train muralists in this concept of um, community-engaged mural making. You don't say, you have to come here and you have to be subjected to this process. You say, we're going we're gonna to show you how this works. We're going to show you the benefits of it. And you have a whole like curric- little like mini curriculum where you actually will work with the artists to, to help them see, understand the process and, and work with it. Yeah. I mean, community engaged murals is, um, there's increasing demand for them, but not a lot of people know how to do them. So this is training opportunity is also a way for people to learn a technique where they can actually make a living as an artist. Um, and you know, 
because I love, I, I feel like every mural should be done with the community. Um, but people don't know how to do it, so we have to train. So as part of Fresh Paint this year, we've restructured the Community Mural Institute into an apprentice program. So we have um, we put out an artist call. We had a whole bunch of people apply. We've selected 10 uh, Western Mass artists who are going to be working as apprentices during the festival and being trained in how to do it. So they are going to, Ugh. and that's the magic of this. That is, is beautiful. That they're getting trained, but that's how we're getting these mural professional muralists that don't know how to do community engaged murals. They're going to be helped by the apprentices to make it happen. Uh, and then after the festival, we'll have in Western Mass ten artists that know how to do this. Yeah, which is going to be so exciting. Yeah, because they can collaborate with artists who don't know how to do it but want to do murals. They can do their own. Um, they can work with community groups that want to do community engaged murals. So I'm super, we have an amazing That's group amazing. of artists that have been selected and I'm super excited to be working with them. Mm -hmm. are, those, are those public yet or will you do like an announcement at some point or probably? Of who they are? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Um, but yes, we should. I mean, um, at some point during the festival, we definitely want to celebrate them and promote them and just let, you know, the Western Mass community know that they're there as a resource that they can, you know, that they can call on. Mm -hmm. um, so excited. Like little seeds that you're sprinkling. That's what I was just thinking. I well, love it. It's and so I think awesome. the, the hope too is that, you know, they, the, um, that they're little trees that can walk, right? Like they'll be here in the valley for a while, <laughs> but they'll they'll pick up their roots and they'll walk on their roots and they'll go somewhere else and plant there. I and love how will... you changed my seed metaphor into trees <laughs> walking around. <laughs> um, it, like that's the idea, right? To like mm -hmm. to spread this idea, right? Yes. This this out into the world and let let other communities see the value because we don't want to just keep these people here in Springfield in Western Mass. We, we want don't. no, we want them out there all over the country. <laughs> I, I think we want here. both. I, I want think we it want all. them here. I, want it all. <laughs> I mean, we did, you know, we got applicants from people in DC and Minnesota wow. and you know places from far away that wanted to they're like I will come and put myself up in a hotel. I just want to be trained. See? But we only, we really, we selected people from Western Mass, partly because, you know, our funders are interested in mm -hmm. investing in Western Mass. Yeah. but and, and I am too. And I get at least once a week, an email or a call from a community organization or a small nonprofit. They're like, we want to do a mural. Like I got an email a week ago from a woman who's has an organization promoting um, breastfeeding among black women. She's like, I want to do a mural of a black woman breastfeeding. Like that's so rad. I want that for you too. But you know, and then a couple of weeks before that, I got an email or actually it was like a year ago. I've been working with a woman who has started an organization in Springfield advocating for the families of people who have been killed in hom like unsolved homicide victims. And so she offers support for the families and advocacy. And she wanted to do a series of murals, kind of raise awareness about um, the challenges that these families face. Like that's awesome too. But these small organizations don't have the 
you know, $10,000 or $20,000 is going to take to get to fly a professional muralist in who knows how to do community engaged murals and put up this big thing. So I'm really excited to have this group of local artists who are emerging and, you know, their early career muralists who are eager to do the work for a little bit less money so that they can build up their portfolio and to be able to pair them with these community groups that want murals Mm -hmm. that, um, but can't afford them. Yeah. So if my dream comes true, we will just start getting all kinds of amazing murals all over the place in Springfield and beyond um, done, you know, really spearheaded by community groups who are, have their own message and their own stakeholders and are doing really good work in the community. Jesus. All of this from standing on that street in Worcester. No, I know, Barcelona. Right? No, it was Worcester. Both. No, 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 both. Oh. both. Because Barcelona, <laughs> I fell in love with street art, but Worcester is where I was like, a mural festival. Mm. I can learn how to organize mural projects. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite, favorite mural? Do you have <laughs> one? Do you have one? <laughs> That's like asking someone what their favorite kid is. Uh, no, I, you know, they're all so different. Yeah. And, um, so I really don't. I, I I love them all. That's awesome. So that's a good thing about love. You can love and then love some more. <laughs> it's like a, it's an infinite thing. It isn't, you know. A, yeah. You're a you're a poly muralist. <laughs> I am. I'm a polyamorous mural person. <laughs> um, what what I um, sorry. I have ahead. another thought. Yeah. I, that's it's it's mural. It's building related, right? Because. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about a city like Springfield that has a deep, rich history is that there are so many amazing architectural details in some of the buildings. And I think it complements where the murals are. So, like, you know, I don't know if you guys have explored any of that, you know, or, you know, talked about it or discussed it, you know, but sometimes I walk around Springfield and I just like look up and I'm like, holy moly, look at that wall. Like, look at that gargoyle or whatever there's like creatures on the on the building like amazing and i don't know if people you know people who are like you know working downtown or whatnot you know they're just going back and forth doing their thing getting lunch but this like gives an opportunity to like really spend time looking it does make people stop and notice yeah and i think when you notice or any piece of art then you start looking more closely at your surroundings. So I love old architecture Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's so many amazing walls in Springfield that you can cover in murals without covering up all of those beautiful details that exist on these old buildings. Um, So, yeah, I, I mean, hopefully the murals there encourage people to really notice everything about their surroundings, the architecture and the people the culture that's there. Yeah. In Commonwealth murals, um, if if I'm a building owner, right, and I have a building with an amazing architectural detail or something, and I want and I want a mural, I can contact you, right? And, you can. And, and you can help facilitate um, the connection between that building owner owner and a and a muralist, right? Yes. So I will do, so I've developed, like, I have a slide deck of all these examples of different mural styles. 
So I'll meet with a building owner and we go through that slide deck and I just elicit their reactions. They can say, oh, I like this one. I don't like this one. I like the color in that. Oh, I don't like those murals with words, but I like this cartoony one. You know, I get a feel for what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And then I um, will identify a muralist or several muralists that work in that style and pair them up. Mm. So there's, you know, I could just pair them up and they can take it and run with it. But there's also kind of, I also offer some project management support. So Mm -hmm. especially if the muralists are coming in from another place, just making sure you get the lift and the wall prep and the paint orders in. And, you know, if there's a problem that happens, so kind of all that organizational support that goes into making a project run smoothly. So the building owner doesn't have to figure out anything about how to do that. So I offer that as well. Yeah. I wish more building owners would do this. I wish more would contact Brit Rue at Commonwealth murals and do this. I'm looking at some of your projects here on your website. um, And I, and I'm going to encourage people as we're talking about this, like Mm -hmm. pause the conversation Go look at the website and see or pictures. Don't pause. Just go on your browser. All right, fine. You can you can look while you <laughs> multitask. <Yeah>. Multitask. Okay. <laughs> multitask says the woman. The guy says pause one I know, thing right? and do the other thing. <laughs> and you you can you can you can look at these and and hear yeah. my incredibly soothing voice talk to you. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking at some of the projects you've done um, here. Um, uh, Black Lives Matter murals. These these are striking. Um and amazing. Um, this one oh, is. Oh, that's the one down in Springfield. Um, no, the one down I below. I can't. Sorry, I don't have my reading glasses on. Yes, this one's on Springfield. No, no, no. I'm talking yeah. about the next one. Yep, this next one is um on a commercial building that you helped do um called Ninety Meat Outlet. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And this is this looks like what you would think of as graffiti, like yeah. art. Uh, it was done by a, a graffiti artist, Wayne One, who's also a muralist, um, an incredible artist. He's painted a number of murals in the area. So, you know, 90 Meat Outlet was one of these, they, they're what they say, they're a meat outlet. Um, and they contacted me and said, we need a new sign on our building. We want it to say 90 Meat Outlet and we want a chicken with attitude. A chicken with like, attitude. I was like, okay, no problem. We can do that for you. Um, so it was, they were lucky because it was the pandemic and Wayne wasn't traveling around the world doing, you know, really big budget, you know, murals like he usually does. So I was able to, to get him for that project and that's what they got. They got this beautiful sign that says 90 meat outlet. It's got a chicken with attitude. (laughs) They love it. They have gotten so much positive feedback from Mm -hmm. their customers that the sun ordered um like a the same thing repainted on canvas to give to his dad for christmas yeah they've just contacted wayne and they're like could we get this as a digital file because we're going to start putting it on all of our bags and like Mm -hmm. it's just become their logo so that was an example of like a very commercial piece that was done wayne did another amazing mural in springfield um at the homeless shelter there the friends of the homeless shelter it's the largest homeless shelter outside of Boston mm-hmm. uh, and they serve hundreds of people stay there and they serve meals to, I don't know, like 500 people a day. So that was a community engaged mural where we met with guests of the shelter to come up with the theme 
of that mural. And then they painted, we didn't do that indirect process with a poly tab, but Mm -hmm. we created like an outline on the wall and shelter guests were able to come and help us paint that mural. And then uh, clinical support Mm -hmm. options, CSO, they're the, the organization that runs that homeless shelter. They use that mural in their annual fundraising appeal. And then they just like a month ago, they contacted us again because they have buildings all up and down the valley. Yeah. We have we do um, counseling and trauma support services out on out of an office in Greenfield. And everybody there wants that same mural on their building. So Wayne came back. I mean, he changed up a little bit. He's like, you don't want exactly. Yeah. Let's change yeah. up a tiny bit. Um, so he just painted another version of Hope is Welcome here on another one of their buildings. Oh, so, Jesus. Yeah. It's pretty cool. All from that chicken sign. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All from that chicken sign. This is amazing. Art. <laughs> now I'm looking at I some. I believe art, in art. Pretty rad. Art's I, ha- pretty rad. I have, I have my, my, my bracelet. Thing that says the power of culture, which is the um, Mass Cultural Council's like new like thing that they latched onto when they yeah. rebranded. But I'm looking at some of it's these awesome. I'm looking at some of these other projects that Commonwealth Murals did. Um, the Martin Luther King Jr. Charter School of Excellence. Mm-hmm. This this amazing like this this amazing painting on this the brick side of this building stomping gen look at that i like that it's um (laughs) you know like a raised fist some roses and like these amazing geometric patterns i just like in my mind i can't see why more building owners wouldn't want to do this it's just you've got to do this building owners let's buy a building just so we can (laughs) i want it i want to um (laughs) that's always been my dream now this one's really interesting well here's the thing you buy a building then you put murals all over it and then you get your the people in the neighboring buildings to put murals on there and then your property values are going to go way up i like that can we put murals on our house why not? <laughs> Let's do it. No, well, here's what we can do. I see another thing, um, Britt, that Commonwealth Murals did was a, a projection event at Amherst. Was it at Amherst Cinema? Am I reading this yeah, right? Yeah, we did it at the back, like outside. Oh, the alley. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was kind of just a side project that I was like, let's try this. It's fun. So it was kind of like a, well, it was a temporary yeah. night. But that was a beautiful event. People, there's something about seeing art really big. Yeah. So that was a series of photographs that were taken by an amazing local photographer named Isabella Delolio. And she did um at right at the beginning of the pandemic, she saw a project that was, I think, started in Newton, Mass. Mm -hmm. But a woman, a photographer, offered to photograph her neighbors, their families on their front steps. And instead of paying her, they donated money to a food bank. Uh-huh. So they raised thousands of dollars. And Isabella thought, this is a great idea. So she she started. Her goal, I think, was to raise like $3,000. And more and more people just kept calling her. And she ended up raising $18,000 for the uh-huh. Emmer Survival Center. And she took, I don't know, 300 family portraits over, you know, during the first like six months of the pandemic. And as a group, these photographs are, are amazing because they're all these different families in this really unusual time where families are coming together and are suddenly like with each other together and isolated, um, but also celebrating these 
families and connections and resources we have to get ourselves through these hard times. So we thought we should, we need to do some exhibit of these mm -hmm. photos all together. And so we did the production event and seeing them larger than life just turned it into this whole other thing. People love mm -hmm. we hundreds of people come by. You could stand outside and be socially distanced and see all of those photographs. She also, we also showed that night a series she had done called Becoming of uh, Senior Citizens in Amherst and the surrounding towns, kind of really just giving a little window into their lives because in our in our culture, seniors tend to be really isolated and ignored. Yeah, um, yeah so that, that was fun. It wasn't a mural, but um, hopefully we'll do it again. Mm, I love that too. My um, dream has always been, so I'm a collage artist. Yeah. And my dream has always been to project my collage like big on a wall. Well, so you could feel like you're walking into it. Yes, I mean, that it's would be amazing. Right. It's Let's like a, it. it's like a, it's like a digital mandala mural, right? It's there, but then it's gone, right? Oh, you love that. I love the concept of the mandala. Like it, yeah. it is a thing of, it is a thing of art and beauty only temporarily. Mm -hmm. Like the Tibetan sand painting. Yes. yes, yeah. I just have to mention this one. I, I mean, I people, you've got to go to this commonwealthmurals.org website and look at these murals. This this one, I just, the preacher man, tribute to the preacher man mm. um, that uh, was, I'm assuming, commissioned um, and um, Britt, your your organization, Commonwealth Murals, helped facilitate this project. It's this striking portrait of a um, a gentleman who was known to the community who who passed away. And it's it's one of the most striking things I've ever seen painted on a building. Love it. I just, I'll tell the artist. So there's so many cool things about that project. Can I tell you about what? Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> so Preacher Man was a man who, as, um, as many people would say, said when we were putting up that mural, if you're from Springfield, you know who Preacher Man was. He was, for many years, he was a minister. He was a pillar of the community. He was a football coach. He was a basketball coach. You know, he just... Um, was one of those people that was constantly giving and involved in their community. People were telling stories of one of his niece would say like every the day, like Saturday after payday, he had, I think he had like an Impala or a Cadillac or something, but he would drive around to all of his nieces and nephews and like basically give them allowance. Mm -hmm. And You know, they just, whenever he was coming, it was like, Everybody was excited. Yeah. So he was just that kind of person, giving constantly. And towards the end of his life, he, um, I didn't know him, so I don't really know what the whole story was, but I think he was experiencing some mental health challenges. But he's been a lot, he ended up spending more and more of his time out on the streets, even though he had a family, he had a home. He was out on the streets almost all the time. And he would knock on people's windows and ask them for change. If you gave him change, he would give you something. He would always give something back. So he would often give little quotes or tracts from the Bible, or uh, he would give away lottery tickets. And there was this, uh, people often won off of the numbers. He would give them numbers to play mm. in the lottery or scratch tickets and they would win. So he has this whole, you know, people, it was almost like a little saint. Um, there were people who did not 
appreciate him being out on the streets or talking to them when they walk by or tapping on their windows. Um, he was arrested, I think, 80 times for panhandling. Um, he ended up passing away when he was in prison one night, just or in jail overnight, not prison. Um, so he had some uh, controversial aspect to these later years, but he was this incredibly beloved person in in Springfield and in this neighborhood of Mason Square. And during the first fresh paint, um, during the paint party you mentioned, there were people doing these small pieces. Mm -hmm. So one of the artists did a portrait of Preacher Man and everybody loved it. It ended up getting put up inside a building, a social service organization in Springfield so people couldn't see it. And since that time, everyone's asking, where did that mural go? We need another mural of Preacher Man. We need another one. And so um, the Andrew Cade, who's the uh, chairman of the Springfield Cultural Council and the vice president of the Urban League, he pulled together the funding. AIC donated the wall. And then we created that mural and we did it as a training for teaching people how to install and paint on Polytab. So we worked with four local artists. We put up that mural in three days and it, we trained the artists in how to install Polytab. But every day, hundreds of people came by and would stop and just say, I had to see this for myself. I heard a mural of Preacher Man was going up. This is beautiful. It like blew up on Facebook. People were like crying. It was just, it was amazing. The community response to this. Mm -hmm. And just on one morning, I video, I just on my phone, I videotaped people and asked for their testimonial. Like, why did you come by? What do you think about this? And we compiled a little video of it, which I think is on our website someplace. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really powerful to listen, but people felt you know, there was one man who spoke really eloquently about how what it meant to him to have someone like Preacher Man celebrated in this mural. And the, the design of the mural, he's depicted like a saint. He has like this gold aura around his head, is this which is like a traditional mm -hmm. motif that they would use in like Renaissance paintings of saints and holy people. Um, but this man was saying, you know, it's like one thing about Preacher Man is that you knew he was going through a hard time, but he never gave up. And he was always positive. And even when he, through, he was going through a hard time, he never lost faith and he always gave back. And this, so the man who was saying this to me, you know, he's like getting very emotional and saying this to know that someone like that could be celebrated in this public way inspires me to know that I can keep going and that my life has value too. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I got my skin tingled a million times while you were talking. <laughs> it was an amazing. And that's oh one of the God. things with these community murals is yeah. like thinking about who do we depict right. in our art. And we had there was all these, you know, over the last year and a half, a lot of controversy about monuments, long overdue uh, discussion, public discussion about who we're memorializing in our statues and our monuments. And one of the things that we've tried to do in Fresh Paint and one of the things that happens with community-engaged murals is that you celebrate people. Sometimes they're famous people. And, I mean, we have the mural to Dr. Seuss, but then the mural that um, is on Dwight Street in Springfield that over 600 people helped paint um, during Fresh Paint, which if you guys helped paint, you helped paint that mural too. Um, that is all, all the people depicted in that mural live in that apartment complex right there. 
And so, you know, and it's the first time there's been like multi-story images of black and brown people on buildings in Springfield that are not famous. And it's just, it changes things. Mm -hmm. Representation matters. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah. Jesus. And the last one I'm going to talk about is this picture of, um, Two, two, two young um, children, um, they look like children of color, painting um, a Black Lives Matter street mural. I, I'm assuming it's last summer because they're wearing face masks on the street um, in Springfield. Mm-hmm. That's just such a powerful image. And Commonwealth murals help facilitate that, too. Yes. So that um, mural was organized, was spearheaded by uh, City Councilor Tracy Whitfield and a committee of amazing community leaders and they asked me to provide support just kind of with the technical parts of doing the mural and they're just a fabulous group to work with so we had about a hundred people that helped paint that mural actually kim carlino donated her time to kind of do the layout mm-hmm. of all the letters um and then we had a community paint day that everybody helped come paint it was a there were speeches and performances it was really amazing as kind of a side story, that mural unfortunately was defaced multiple times after it was painted, um, and the city wasn't really doing anything to to prevent it from continuing. So the committee got together and decided that we were going to raise a little more money and paint another one, and kind of put the word out: we're going to keep putting these up until it stops. Mm. And one in Springfield on a building downtown that was privately owned. Um, building owner was like, yes, go for it. We had 16 local artists. They each did a letter. So that's on Worthington Street mm-hmm. and put that up. And once we put that up, the vandalism stopped. Mm. Interesting. Great. I mean, interesting that it stopped. Art. Once you put the other one up. Art. That's all I can say. Murals. Art. Art. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Murals, arts, and the bus. Don't forget the, the bus. bus. Yeah, don't the forget bus. the bus. <laughs> <laughs> you know that bus has a old-fashioned horn sound like that. So, Sawtooth, if you come on a bus tour during Fresh Bank, remind me, and we'll ask the bus driver to honk the horn Absolutely. just for you. You have my word that I am going to do that. All right. Um, I believe it. <laughs> Britt. Um, as we Brit Rue of Commonwealth Murals, as we're as we're winding our way to to our last couple of questions here, I just wanted to ask you if there is anything else you wanted to tell us that you were dying to to talk about with us that we didn't ask you about. Mm. I can't think of. I mean, I can't think of anything. I well, people should come. Come down. Springfield's not scary. Springfield is awesome. Yeah, Fresh paint is fun. It's amazing art. And I would actually recommend coming multiple times because you can walk around one day, you see some lines and some color going up in the wall and you're like, what the hell is that? And then the next day you're like, oh, look at that. And you get to see every day these works of art being created in front of your eyes. And it's really rare that you get to see something like that. We don't usually get to see artists in their process and in their work. And it's one of the reasons that a lot of people, painters don't become muralists because actually painting in public at a huge scale is, um, is hard. And you just kind of have to be 
a fanatic about it to do it. Um, but there, it's really fun to watch. Yeah. And I want to tell people, if you're listening to this, this episode is going to be out before Fresh Paint Springfield 2021. You're going to be listening mm-hmm. to this. Yes. Right. So you're going to go down there June 5th to uh, what's the, the 13th. Uh, the 13th. Okay. You're going to go down there. You're going to check the stuff out. But if you happen to be listening to this afterwards... They'll and still it, be there. And if you don't do this, I will find you, every <laughs> one of you listening to this. And I am going to come in that double-decker bus. I'm going to pick you up. And I will drive you around to see these things. Um, but seriously, people, like, you can go, like Britt just said it, you can go down here to Springfield at any time and see these things. And you can have a lovely morning or afternoon or evening and you spend the whole day spend the day down there there's yeah. a lot to do okay check out and um, they have breweries and yeah. restaurants yeah. and that you know bike path along the river mm. you can see the art the springfield museum mm-hmm. I mean, there's actually there's a lot to do yep. and see there and um yeah you should come and check my website because we're always doing more. There's always more projects or other new things that are happening or, you know, graffiti jams and Ooh, graffiti other jams. community murals. And so, yeah, just check us out or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Yep. And and we will be putting all of the links in our promotions to these things. So yep. you can find them there. Um, all right. Our last two softball questions. They're probably not going to have much to do with murals. No. Um you know, but that's how we like to transition our way out, right? <laughs> okay. On the softballs. Um, all right. I get the sense you spend a lot of time with these murals and thinking about murals and um, projects related to murals. But what do you like to do when you're not working on murals? How do you, how do you just connect, reconnect with yourself? How do you take some downtime and recharge? What do you like to do for fun? That sort of thing. What do I like to do for fun besides murals? Um, (laughs) Because murals are a lot of work, but they're a lot of fun. Um, You know, I love walking in the woods and hiking Mm. and being from Western Mass. It's, you know, it's everywhere. So Mm -hmm. right that's how I got ready for this podcast. I went for a hike in the woods. So um, hiking is a big one, you know, playing around with art in my own, you know, living room. It's really nice and relaxing and good downtime and connecting with people. My two amazing kids and an amazing posse of friends um, that, you know, I can never get enough of. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to give you one of these. Although Stomping Jen went in the woods today and came home with ticks. I didn't go in the woods. Oh, you didn't? I walked on the road. Oh. But then my, our son like (laughs) told us how ticks like get onto people. Yeah. And how they can not eat for 435 days. I'm like terrified of ticks now. Yeah, you should know, Those be. are the kind of things you learn when you have young kids who are just soaking up like cool facts. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know. But you're like, well, I kind of wish I didn't know that. But, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and he, the worst part is he's 13 now and he has a phone so he can re- he can um, pummel you with these facts for a 40-minute car ride oh my God. about yeah. ticks. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. All right. Our, our last question. And... Um, I will say people interpret this in all sorts of ways. Sometimes they don't have an answer, and that's okay, too. But I'm going to ask wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. You can't have a softball question that people don't have an answer to. Oh, just wait. <laughs> it's, okay. a good, it's a great question. He loves asking this question. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like I said, if you don't have an answer, that's fine, too. But um, what 
What have you experienced that you have a hard time um, explaining? It could be anything. That is a great question. I have to think about it sure. for a minute. I'm going to help you um, by playing some of this music. Okay. Wait, wait. Why don't you help me by give by answering that question yourself? That's what I'd really like. Uh, to well, I've, I've experienced so much un, uh, unexplained activity in my life. But here, here's one thing. Um, let me think for a second. Um, the most recent one. Now, I've been experiencing. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm glad you asked me. Um, in the last couple of years, I've started experiencing the phenomenon of shadow men. Are you familiar with this? No. So I suffer from sleep paralysis and uh, night terrors. And an associated phenomenon with that is um, people, when they're falling asleep or entering the sleep stage, will see these uh, shadowy silhouettes of figures um, standing at the base of their beds or mm-hmm. um, lunging at them. So I've been experiencing that off and on for the last couple of years for some reason. Now, I've had a alternative alternative version of this happen to me, and it's only happened once. I was lying asleep in my bed. I think I was asleep. I think I was falling asleep. But anyways, I was looking out the doorway, and my, my side of the bed is right in front of the door, and I saw these these shadowy figures um, um, going by the door, but then all of a sudden, these neon-colored figures with gigantic cartoon faces started streaming <laughs> across the doorway, and they were like floating by and making these funny faces at me. Like think of like weird like SpongeBob type of creatures, uh-huh. but they weren't SpongeBob. Okay, but they were just like these <laughs> random weird like neon. Uh, cartoony-faced figures, and then they were gone. Huh. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, I love that. That was a version of well, something Hopefully I've it seen. wasn't scary. Hopefully it was interesting and not scary. I don't know. My son had night terrors. Those are not fun. No, so no. It wasn't. Um, so that's a recent thing. I cannot explain that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, okay. I've got one. Okay. That, was good. This, that gave me time to think. Okay. <laughs> Okay, here's some music. Okay. All right. So I was living in Costa Rica and my grandfather was dying. And my dad was with him in the hospital at the bedside. And I was like kind of getting into like a little meditative moment, trying to just send light to my grandfather. Okay. And I had this vision where I was walking down this hallway and then I turned the corner into this big room full of, it was a party. My grandmother had passed away previously. And so they were, my grandparents were the hosts of this party. And I'm walking through and they're like having a great time. And I look around and I realize all the people at this party are dead except for me. Oh my gosh. I actually think I'm supposed to be here. And so I'm waving to my grandparents being like, okay, I'm leaving. And my grandfather in this vision that I was having shouts out, Bye, have a great time. So I was like, oh, weird. Anyway, so then I just went about my business and I was talking to my dad the next day and I was telling him about this and he said, okay, don't get freaked out. But I was sitting with your grandfather in the hospital and he was like comatose and he shouted out, 
bye, have a great time. Like, oh, I'm, no. Get out of here. I know, right? I was like, whoa. I like, now I have chills. <laughs> Me too. I just got chills. <laughs> I know. So, That's crazy. So that, oh, my that gosh. That was the most unexplainable thing. I think that was the best story. <laughs> <sighs> Britt Rue of Commonwealth Murals, you delivered on all aspects this evening. <laughs> all right. Yes. And the, and the bus. And the bus. Yes. Oh, my God. All right. Oh, that story. Oh. Well, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for coming on here and talking to us about this this passion that you, you turned in into a, I don't know what you call this, um, until your, a mission. Until your work. A mission. Yeah. And you're making change in the world. Yeah. Beautiful change. Yeah. Helping, helping to facilitate that. So thank you. Um, yes. And I loved hearing about all of that. Um, so now I think stomping Jen is yes. the point where we have to say goodbye, right? Oh, we do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we could keep going, but we cannot Good. keep. I could keep going for a long time. Well, you know, we'll have you back yeah. at some point. Well, yeah, um, we'll have to I'd love to do back. this. Yeah. Um, maybe um, some point in the future. Um, mm-hmm. To our listeners. Yes. This is the time where Stomping Jen has something to say to you. Oh, I do? Yes, please. All right. We love you. You rolled your eyes. You cannot roll your eyes when you tell somebody you love them. And, you know, you could hear that eye roll in your voice. Yeah. All right. We love you. You have to try again. Take two. Go ahead. We love you. I'll do it. failing. All right. I will do it. You have that reassuring, calming tone. Listeners. Yes. I love you. (laughs) I love you in a way that only a podcast host can love their listeners. Okay. Uh, Thank you for listening. Yes, please. If you're not already, if this is the first time you're hearing this, please subscribe to our podcast, download the episodes, Mm -hmm. leave us a share with a friend. Share with a friend. That's important too. Mm -hmm. Word of mouth. Uh, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, That will, that always helps. We'd like to hear what you think. Yeah, the good, the bad, all of it. Yep. Okay. Um, let's go around and just say goodbye. All right. Okay. Um, Britt, uh, would you do give us a goodbye? I will. Well, I first want to say thank you so much for inviting me onto this podcast. As you can tell, I love talking about murals. Um, but you had great questions. So super fun. And to everyone who's listening, thank you. And hopefully I will see you at a paint party and you can give, or on the bus. Yep. On the bus. (laughs) Stomping Jen. Yes. Oh, okay. Bye now. And of course... Um, the second most important oh, goodbye of the evening because Brits was the most important. That's true. Mine oh, is the look. <laughs> mine is the second. Um, goodbye. Bye now. <laughs> This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity. And that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, All peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 